0: Turn with me to the book of Genesis, Genesis 25 is where we are this morning and last week as we ended the message, the servant had gone to go get a bride for Isaac and we know that that's Rebecca and so we fast forward, Uh, there was a ceremony and Isaac and Rebecca became husband and wife. And so chapter 24 ends that way, and chapter 25 opens up. And not necessarily focusing on Isaac as much as focusing on Abraham. Uh, We know that we've said multiple times in our study that Isaac has been called the forgotten patriarch. And Isaac is there along with his father, with his father Abraham. And the truth of the matter is, our text this morning Abraham is going to pass away, and our title this morning is watching dad cross over. Some of you here this morning know what it is to have a parent that you have watched pass away and leave from this earth. Whether you were there physically, many of you I'm talking to have gone through that process of saying goodbye to a parent or a grandparent, someone very close. And as we're walking with Isaac through the scripture and journeying along with him through his life, he came to that point. It's interesting uh, this week even that on Tuesday, uh, someone who has been a faithful servant of God for decades, Dr. Charles Stanley, uh, made famous by the InTouch television ministry that literally circled the globe, Dr. Stanley, a faithful preacher of the word, 90 years old, he passed away and went home to heaven on Tuesday. I'm going to read to you the words that his son Andy wrote about his dad. These final few weeks with my dad have been precious beyond words. At the end of every visit, he would ask me to pray for him, which of course I did on my knees beside the big leather chair he was confined to for the past several months. But I, as I was leaving his house this past Saturday night, he asked if he could pray for me, as if he knew. Then after he prayed, as was his habit, he said, I couldn't be prouder of you, Andy. The source of a word determines its weight, he said. And those were wonderfully weighty words. And they were his final words to me. I'll miss him every day until I see him again. And as I read that, I see several nodding their head up and down because you've been there. You can say that about your parents or your grandparents people who have been special in your life that that you have watched cross over. In verse seven of our text in Genesis 25, it says, these are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived. 103 score and 15 years. That's 175 years of age. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age an old man, and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron the son of Zohar the Hittite, which is before Mamre. The field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth, there was Abraham buried and Sarah his wife. And it came to pass that after the death of Abraham, God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt by the well. I want you to know this morning uh, that all of us will either leave this world through death or through the rapture of the church. But all of us, ladies and gentlemen, are going to make a crossover we're all just like Abraham, gonna cross over from this world into the next. For the child of God, that means crossing over into life eternal. For someone who does not know the Lord, who has never been born again, that means crossing over into an eternal hell, an eternal damnation. And this text that we've just read teaches us as believers Three truths about crossing over. Truth number one, crossing over reminds us that this life is temporary. One day for all of us, our earthly journey is going to come to an end. Then as the scripture teaches us, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account to God. Verse seven, it says, these are the days of Abraham's life. He lived 175 years. You say, preacher, that's a long time. Yes, it is. It's a long time. (laughs) I can't even imagine living 175 years. But he came to the end of his earthly journey. It matters not if you live 75 years or 175 years or 75 months. There's going to come a time when this life is going to end. I'm reminded of Genesis 23, verse 4. Listen to the words of Scripture where Abraham himself said, I want you to know I am a stranger in this world. That literally means a guest. The Hebrew word used there means I'm a guest. Did you know you're a guest as well in this world? I'm a stranger, he said. I'm a sojourner. We don't use that word much, but it literally that very word is distinguished from somebody that was a native citizen. It means... A temporary lodger. <laughs> it means a resident foreigner. Here's what we say today. I'm just passing through. Abraham realized he was not just passing through Canaan, he was passing through this earthly life. He was a sojourner. He was a fellow traveler. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 15. It says, We are strangers we are sojourners as well as our fathers our days on this earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding in other words everyone is going to leave this world one day hebrews 11:13 says these all mentioning these heroes of faith these all died in faith not having received the promises but they saw the promises afar of off They were persuaded and they embraced them and they confessed that they were, here it is again, strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Notice these words that accurately describe who and what we are as Christians. We're strangers, we're sojourners, we're pilgrims, we're foreigners, we're travelers. Beloved, remember, this world is not our home. Let's stop putting all our eggs in this world's basket. Hear me. God is not against us making wise investments and wise decisions and wise immediate decisions. But here's what the Lord is grieved by it's when you and I make daily decisions without making those decisions in light of eternity. Because this world is not our home. We're created and designed for another world. Somebody said that this earth is the staging ground for eternity. And that's the truth. Beloved, let's be careful not to get too comfortable and feel at home in this world. Adam Clark said, good men do not live by centuries. Their lives are not measured by centuries. Nor are their lives even measured by years, but by days. Living as if they were the creatures only of a day. And here's what he said. Living that day in light of eternity. And I'm convicted by that. Because how many days have I lived, even as a pastor, where I don't live in light of eternity? I have my gaze focused on the temporal. I'm frustrated and burdened down and and distracted by earthly pressure, whether it be financial pressure or relational pressure. Pressure or stress or physical or whatever it is, but I've got my mind like tunnel vision focused on whatever is right in front of me. One of the old writers wrote about that you and I, as Christians, that we ought to live life with one foot raised. <laughs> that means that at any moment, any time, that Christ could come back, split the eastern sky, and call us out of here. Living with one foot raised, I'm afraid that too often though, I don't live with one foot raised and my eyes lifted toward heaven. I live too often and I'm afraid we do too with my feet planted in this soil here, trying to grasp and fight for something more, the next dollar. The next day, the next great whatever, the next achievement, the next temporary pleasure. We've got our minds focused on that. Ladies and gentlemen, hear my heart today. That's how people live that don't know the Lord. But may the Spirit of God quicken you and I today and realize that this war, hey, we're just passing through. (laughs) God didn't want us to get anchored down here in this world. Abraham remembered and realized that the days of his sojourn were going to come to an end. As James 4 teaches us, life really is just a vapor, and yet we tend to think, and one writer said, we tend to think and at least hope that my vapor is a little more substantial than yours. (laughs) My vapor is going to last a little bit longer, be a little bit more significant. We tend to put most, if not all, of our eggs into this basket called life, and we live for this present world, this present existence, without considering that there is, in fact, infinitely more that awaits us on the other side. Remember the admonition of Jesus in Matthew 6:19: lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Where moth and rust corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but he says in verse twenty, you make sure you're laying up what treasures in heaven. Are you laying up treasures in heaven with how you spend your time, with how you spend the resources that God has entrusted in your hand? Corey Tim Boom said, "Life is not measured by its duration, but by its donation." Are you investing your time and resources in things that will outlast time and outlive you? Truth number one, crossing over reminds us that this life is temporary. Truth number two, listen very carefully, crossing over brings us into an immediate liberating reunion. Now, think about this. Think about what verse 8 says. It says there are at least two things that happen to us as believers when we close our eyes in death in this life. First of all, we learn that our spirit breaks free from our earthly outer shell. It is true that these bodies are called earthly, in the King James word, tabernacle. (laughs) They're the tent that God has given us to live out life. They're just a physical vessel you realize that the real you is not flesh and bone. The real you is your spirit. That that God placed and formed and created at the very moment of your conception. That part of you that will live on forever somewhere. And it is true that when the believer leaves this world they are ushered into the presence of God but there is something uh, that, that is liberating in that sense about death and this is what sometimes living in this world we fail to see because you and I who are left behind when our loved one crosses over we're focused on the separation we're focused on the hurt and the and the ache of our soul because we love this person so much and they're not going to be with us in our immediate presence right then. And yet from God's perspective, there's something glorious that takes place. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15, and he, man, he goes into great detail, and he talks about that when that takes place, that this corruption is going to drop, and we're going to take on incorruption, and this mortal flesh is going to take on immortality, and there is something glor- glorious about that. That's the glorification of these souls that as were ushered into the presence of God. These out, outer earthly shells are dropped. Our spirit is set free Verse 8 says that he gave up the ghost You say oh that's just an old English phrase that means he died Well it goes deeper than that There's a reason they use that terminology And that euphemism It describes something His spirit left his body He gave up his spirit Where does spirit go? Did his spirit just cease to exist? Oh, beloved, you know that's not true. There's no such thing as soul annihilation. No, no, no. It means that his soul left. Where'd it go? It went to God. Just as your soul will when you leave this world, that there is something liberating for the child of God in death. His human body, his earthly shell, relinquished the real him. Psalm 49, verse 15, God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. He died, it says, in a good old age. Yes, he was an old man, but don't forget this next phrase. He was full of years, full of years. That literally means full of days, literally satisfied with his days. That means he was satisfied with life. When writer said, having exhausted its possibilities, having drunk a full cup, having nothing more left to wish for, (laughs) the words point to a calm close with all desires gratified, with all wishes stilled, with no desperate clinging to life, but a willingness to let it go because all which it could have been has been attained. That's a very interesting thought that Abraham did not die an unsatisfied man. Abraham did not die frustrated. Abraham did not die kicking and screaming. Abraham did not die without contentment. When he got to the end of his day and the end of his life, God said, okay, it's time. You've lived a satisfied life. And all of us can say what the ensemble or the choir just sang, that all my life, God has been faithful. All of my life, he has been So, so good. And Abraham could say that just like God said to him in chapter 15, verse 1. He said, Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Glory to God. So when we leave this world, our spirit breaks free. But it goes on and it says he was gathered to his people. Our spirit not only breaks free, but when we leave this world, our spirit is gathered to our people. Gathering doesn't mean or refer to burial because his people were buried in Mesopotamia. He's here in Canaan. Gathered implies being taken up, taken out, and grouped, and paired literally gathered with other people. Who were his people? His people were the people of God. Who are your people? I'm talking to everybody in this room who has lost a friend, a family member, who knew the Lord, where are they? Well, they're with the Lord. And when you and I are called out and we cross over, God is going to gather us to those same people, all because of the grace of God. Aaron and I, were headed to the competition this week, and on Wednesday morning, we... Pass through my hometown of Lexington. We do what we normally do. If we're headed to Charlotte or Gastonia, we intentionally get off the interstate. And it's not that Lexington is special to me just because it's Lexington, but it's special to me because that's where my people are buried. That's where my granny and grandpa are buried. That's where my mom... Barry, I remember as a kid going from Raleigh back to Lexington to our family reunions. It happened at Thanksgiving, and then some other times, but Thanksgiving, I remember that, and I can't get off the interstate without my mind just start racing. And then we drove by the cemetery where my mama has her little piece of resurrection ground. I remember thinking, as we pulled away, I know her earthly shell is there, and that's what makes that little piece of ground special, right? I know her earthly shell is there, but I sure am glad. I know where she is really right now. She's in the presence of Jesus. One day, I don't know when, but one day Jesus is going to call for me. And I'm going to go be with my people. And you're going to go be with your people. Because your people are my people. And we're going to all be with the Lord. And this final thought, and we're going to pray. Let's get ready for the invitation if we can. Truth number three, crossing over must be prepared for ahead of time. It's interesting. Verse 9 says that Isaac and Ishmael, after Abraham's death, they came together to bury him. They honored him. They officially said goodbye. There's a lot of lessons in that, that for at least for a little bit, Ishmael and Abraham buried their hatchet and came together peaceably. But it's interesting, verse 10 talks about that Abraham, before he had died, he made some preparation. He bought a field to have a place for he and his wife to be buried. Actually, a cave. And that's where he's buried. He also did something else. Verse 5 says that he gave, before he died, everything that he had. He entrusted it with Isaac. Before he passed, he left his possessions in the hands of The promised heir, the promised son. He gave Isaac all that he had. But he not only made some practical preparation, and he not only made financial preparation, but the most important thing, ladies and gentlemen, hear me carefully Abraham made spiritual preparation. You know what Abraham's called in Scripture? He's called the friend of God. He had a relationship with the Lord. He was, here's what we say He was ready to go. Now, parents, grandparents, you remember when you were raising your kids and you were trying to get out of the house? And there was always that one child, maybe, that always was a slowpoke. And you always had to say, Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? I don't know why i see some people getting elbowed right now are you ready man i mean we've all all the rest of us been ready for 10 minutes i'll tell you what i'll tell you what if you're like me men you're like I, i'm just gonna go sit in the car i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go sit there i'm not gonna blow the horn and attract uh, attention from all the neighbors and give a sign that i'm i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna go but i'm ready are you ready then finally, they come bebopping down the outside, getting the vehicle. Ugh. They're finally ready. I want to ask you this morning. You may have a whole lot longer to live. The oldest person alive right now is a lady named Maria in Spain. She's 116 years old. Shazam, right? And 50 days. (laughs) 50 days are important, right? When you're 116. She's 116 years and 50 days. Old Maria. Hey, preacher, I mean, how long are you going to live? Man, I don't know. I may not make it off the stage. I might not see tomorrow morning. I might live another, you know, 20... 30 60 mean, no, no probably not but I don't know do you know you know the day of your birth right you know the day of your birth but do you know what's on the other side of the dash you don't do you I don't either I got a question for you are you ready ready I don't mean, are you ready to walk out the door? I don't mean, are you ready to get in your truck and go to church or go to school or go to work? Are you, are you ready to see Jesus face to face? Have you made preparation? You see, because crossing over and seeing Jesus face to face is not about the waters of baptism, it's not about taking communion or the Lord's Supper, it's not about coming and joining every church in Wayne County, no. It's not about how much money you give or don't give. It's not about your good works or your good deeds or mine. It's not about your family heritage. God has no grandchildren, right? Doesn't matter who your papa was. Well, I'll tell you my papa. No, 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 no. Are you ready? Have you made preparation? Do you know 100% for sure that you have trusted in the Merits of Jesus Christ and his grace alone. You believe he died for you. You believe he paid your sin debt. You believe he rose again for you. And you have done what Mark one fifteen says. You've repented and you believe the gospel. And you've opened the door of your heart like you'd open the front door of your house and let Christ come in. That's what it means to be ready. And I ask you again, dear one, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? To cross over. Because friend, you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. And you can be ready today. What world are you living for? Where have you made investments? Do you realize you're just a stranger and a pilgrim? (laughs) This world is not your home.